we've been talking about the Beatitudes over these last few weeks. And what I love about it is that it's basically Jesus giving a sermon. Um, some say maybe it wasn't to the, a larger crowd, it was just to the disciples. By the way, Jesus giving is an incredible teaching for his ministry. Okay, So basically what this is all about is really his blessing. So humor me, knock, knock. Okay, come on, guys. Let's pretend like I need a self-esteem boost today. I'm not doing good. Okay, humor me. Knock, knock. God bless. That's what we're talking about. This is why it's important. Your answer to that, your answer to that is probably different than someone who doesn't go to church, that who only gets what the media says about us, Maybe get some blurbs online. Your answer to that question probably is different than theirs would be. If I were to ask them, well, who does God bless? They may say, well, you know, God blesses this or God blesses that. Or it seems like God really doesn't bless the meek. Would they say that? Maybe, right? That's why it's so important. And I would even venture to say, if I were to ask you who God blesses, there may be some thinking there. Or if I were to ask you, what really is God's greatest blessing? There may be some thinking there. Here's the thing, the gospel, the message of Jesus, what we preach every week here, that we embody, that we try to communicate and share and model, that the gospel is, is this, that God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus for you. And even though you didn't deserve it, out of his love, he gave his life for you, paid the price so you could be together with him. And that together actually starts now. It's his greatest blessing. When you ran from God, he came. When you hid, he came and found you. When you're meek and seemingly unable to get something for yourself, he gave you his kingdom. That he gives you something that you don't have the ability to go grab. That you don't have the ability to go earn. And yet God gives that to you. So without earning or doing on your part, that God is so close and near to you. That it could be the greatest blessing for your life. The blessing that God sent his son for. That he could be near you. So near that even the idea of the incarnation of Jesus coming down is he came as a man, and, and he was with us in lowly ways, but he was with us. God wants to be near you. It's his greatest blessing for your life. What his life, what his life will do will bring you to him. Have we missed it, church? You might have heard the Paul Simon song. I'm not a music guy, but you might have heard the Paul Simon song, uh, Blessed. And he says, blessed are the sad on, the spat on, the ratted on. And a lot of other stuff in that song, too, that I couldn't play this morning. Is that what the world thinks is blessed? Is that what people who know him think are blessed? Deep down inside of you, is that what you feel blessed? God, I feel sad on, that's for sure. I feel spat on, that's for sure. I feel ratted on, that's for sure. Hmm, I don't know if I feel God's blessing. That's why we're talking about this this morning over the next few weeks, that I believe, church, as we open ourselves to what his greatest blessing is, not his only blessing, but his greatest blessing, 
God will help us to truly understand and to seek after what is his best for us. Are you with me this morning? That's why it's important today. I'm talking about the meek this morning. So Matthew 5, we talked about this. Matthew, kind of in the context, he talks a lot about God's kingdom and God's authority and rule, and, and it's the coming of Jesus, and he gives this explanation, and Jesus is uh, with his disciples, and he says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And the crowd, or even the disciples, they definitely fit in here. And to the masses, this, this verse actually would be great. If people who don't go to church or didn't know God's word, if they heard this verse, this sounds pretty good, actually. And the gospel is really good, actually. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. A couple weeks ago, I defined a blessing a little bit for you. It's not just being happy, but something as important as from God, which is the best blessing. He knows what's best for you. And he, that blessing comes with authority as well. And that is this idea of like favor and benefit. And since it's from God, it's the best. My blessing to you is okay, but the blessing from the president of the United States is pretty awesome. It comes a lot more. I think you should pick his blessing rather than mine, okay? So we talk about blessed. Well, today, this idea of meek, two things break down, meek and will inherit the, the, inherit the earth. Let's talk first about meek. Um, when we say meek, we first think of weak, hopefully, probably. Most of us probably think that, right? Here's a pretty good definition here. I want to give it to you. I gave cite you the source there too. Pretty good dictionary for some stuff we talk about. Uh, the patient and hopeful endurance of undesirable circumstances. That's nobody here though, right? Of undesirable circumstances identifies the pers person as externally vulnerable and weak, but inwardly resilient and meekness does not identify the weak, but more precisely the strong who have been placed in a position of weakness where they persevere without giving up. That's good. In case you're wondering, that's good. Right there. That's pretty good right there. So one part of this breakdown of this word is the inner strength. Not at just outward strength, but inner strength that's so strong that you could be placed in a, in a circumstance of weakness or in the system of this world. That you're placed there and yet somehow strong on the inside. If I give an altar call, everybody who feels weak and wants to be weak, come on up, right? This idea of inward versus the outward, what everybody else can see. So Jesus is saying this to these guys, and outwardly, these guys that he's talking to are absolutely vulnerable on the outside. They're not the high and the elite, whether politically or religiously or socially, they aren't. And that's why Jesus can grab the meek, seemingly, and because they will have a strength on the inside that's greater than what the world would see on the outside. In case you're wondering, I don't know why I'm so excited to preach this morning. Josiah had like four hours of sleep last night, but I'm ready to preach this morning. Do you know why, church? Because you guys, I'm looking at you, and sometimes in your life, you're not going to be so strong on the outside. But you are blessed. The second piece of this is this idea of taming your strength, okay? So strength under control, we've heard this before. This idea of, okay, I may be meek, but I'm really, listen, there's a line on the inside of me, Okay? I go to the gym, you wouldn't ever believe it, but I can bench 300 pounds, that whole thing, okay? Not really, but that whole thing, okay? The, I, the idea of this Greek word could even be used in like 
uh, situations of taming an animal, okay, like taming a horse, that they're meek, that they're restrained and controlled, okay? Starting on uh, uh, football season soon, and, and you've been watching the Olympics, right? We've been watching this. There's some incredible feats of strength. I mean, I'm just like, this is incredible, right? We're cheering them on because we're at home cheering them on. We're not doing this stuff. This is incredible feats of strength. And these guys look so strong on the outside. And we have gold medals for those who are strong on the outside, don't we? I read an article on ESPN this week, pretty good article. I'll have to post it. About how <laughs> there's some people, these Olympians that are so powerful and so strong, but they don't have the restraint to watch their mouth or to not punch the referee, referee in the face if you lose. Is that crazy? Here we have these Olympians, powerful and strong, the gold medals, and the guys that are like, you know, they're the cream of the crop of athletes around the world. And when they lose in the judo competition, they literally kick the referee in the face. Is that crazy? Dude, you're so strong. No, you're not. You're not tamed or disciplined. Have you ever seen uh, one of these Olympians, and this happened a couple weeks ago with women's soccer, where you know, they, they lost, and, they, and so instead of being gracious in that, she, she says, oh, they were, we lost to cowards, and, and this whole thing. You're so strong and so good and so outwardly great, but yet you can't tame yourself and hold it and, and control that. That's not strength, folks. This idea of meekness is the combination of the inward versus the outward and taming oneself. It's not just weak. It is taming that strength within. That's why it's okay. Now think about this, that this word is also Jesus uses to describe himself. Take my yoke upon you. I'm gentle and humble. Right? My heart, right? So Jesus actually uses this word in another case as well to refer to himself. Would we call Jesus weak? He sure did look weak on the cross to me. Anybody else? He sure did look weak to me when the people that were in authority and the real powerful people were punching him in the face. Seemed pretty weak to me, Jesus. But he uses this word of himself. Why? Because there's this incredible strength of one to tame oneself from this letting the strength let loose and let go. And inward strength is far greater than what is the outward that the world can see. That's being meek, right? What is inherent? Inherit the earth mean this whole idea. First of all, in the Old Testament, it refers to uh, physical land. So, you know, this idea of like the God comes down, is trying to get these people together. Moses frees them. Here's a land that you're going to inherit. And actually, it's starting in Genesis. This prophecy is about, okay, you're going to have this land. And sometimes we skip over, over the Old Testament. We don't understand it. But here's this idea. You got something here. Physical land. Now, we often refer to as ours as a spiritual, uh, a spiritual uh, inheritance that we have from God. But, it's the contrast here of the meek, seemingly weak on the outside, and yet they get something, okay? In Psalm 37, we'll see this word used again, uh, similar to Matthew 5 um, and verse 5. Uh, it's a good read, Matthew, Psalm 37, about this idea of why the, the wicked blessed and, you know, um, shouldn't God's people be blessed and, 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 they, and they inherit the land. This doesn't make sense, God. It's, good. it's a good read, okay? This idea of it's actually who God determines gets what. And then another big piece about this is it's about sonship and being a son and daughter, right? Daughtership too. That uh, this is not something that I'm just going out to get with all my might and power, but this has been given it to me because I have some rights to it, okay? That is a piece here of this whole thing that God is in control and God's giving us something that is we're heir to, that it's kind of like mine. Now, maybe you've never received an inheritance or 
Uh, but it would be a whole lot easier if, like, let's say you're 17 or 18, thinking about going to, where to go to college, what to do with your life, and somebody told you, hey, don't worry, you're going to have a big inheritance soon. I wouldn't go to college. <laughs> I wouldn't do this, all right? I mean, see, that's the thing. It takes out the earning piece, that I'm not earning it from God. I'm not earning his blessing, but rather, this is something God is giving to me that he wants to give to me. Given because we are his heirs, it's a part of sonship. So as we look at this passage, there are some truths that you should hopefully walk away with um, in, in this verse about being meek and this contrast of meek and inherit. See, here's the thing, uh, a church. How, in this world, meek doesn't mean weak but, uh, um, in God's kingdom. So it's this idea that, unfortunately, we are so inundated with every other message that his message gets drowned out. And we start living our lives that if what people in our, in our sphere of influence and in our, in our world say is weak, then that's what's weak. That we take it what the media says about us or whatever it may be. Maybe, you know, you, it's, a, it's a money thing and what society tells us. You got to be rich to be powerful and those type things. Okay. And we lose this real true message that we should be living according to what God thinks is strong. That's why for Paul, as he went through suffering, he talks about, talks about it like joy. What? How can you be joyful in this? Well, because he recognizes that he may be meek, seemingly on the exterior, weak in this world, but that doesn't mean weak in God's kingdom. The important message here as well is that you may not fit in at work. You may not fit in at school. You may not fit in your neighborhood. You may not fit in and fill in the blank because of this or that of what standard has put, been put upon you. But in God's kingdom, you fit. Haven't you felt that weakness on the outside? You have, church. You fit in with God. You fit in with him. Our hope is ultimately in God's ability and not ours. Inner strength means that it is about his power, and his ability. So I actually then turn into hoping for it. That regardless of how I am weak on the outside, think of Jesus going through the cross and the suffering, regardless of how it is on the outside, because of the ability of God, of the Father, there's hope through that. Listen, um, I wish that life was easier, it'd be, man, I wish that. But the reality is, is there is <laughs> no easy thing about life. But what'll get you through is his power and hoping in his ability. This also means this, okay? That if it is about God blessing and God giving, then that means I don't go after with all my power and all my strength anything that I can trust him for it, okay? What that means is that, okay, if my hope is in his ability, then that means that I could look to him in this life, not just to what everyone says. Well, if you don't do this, if you don't have money, you can't be happy, okay? Mm, maybe not. You ever been at work or... Uh, having your annual review, sometimes you guys may get annual reviews at work, those type things, and they give you an action plan because you're 
uh, need to do better. And they say, well, this plus this, this plus this equals a result, okay? If you don't do that in a year, then you're going to get fired because you can't do that, right? Always frustrated me when I have those experiences because I want to like jump out of my chair and say, actually, no, it's not just all about my ability. God helps too. I know, it doesn't really work well at work. <laughs> right? But isn't it though? It's not just in our ability. It's in God's. Okay. Um, and then also inward strength can provide outward blessing. blessing. Um, so much stuff that we hear is all about the outside and we forget about the inside. I just want to tell you right now, if you're young, and my definition of young is 35 and under. I just turned 35, so I said 35 and under. <laughs> if you're young, if you're young, you will wreck your life going after outward blessing and never considering inward strength. You will wreck your life. Just ask Hollywood. Just ask your parents. <laughs> you have an opportunity to go after the right thing. Now, if you're old, so 36 and older. Yeah, 36 and older. You have an opportunity to look back and say, hmm, hmm. God wants to bless you, church. He may not do it just with things on the outside that everybody else can see. All right, running out of time here. All right, some quick daily application here, okay? I'll just put it all together right there. Um, let's go with that second one. Make space for God's strength. If these words are true, that the meek will inherit the earth, if the meek will be blessed, if the weak on the outside but strong on the inside, if being, uh, if being disciplined and not going after everything with all my might, if this is true, then you know what you probably should do in your life? And I can't specifically give what this means for you. You have to look at it. I would make space for God's strength and ability in my life. That if my boss says this plus this plus this means success, then it's got to be something more than what the boss says success is. It's got to have something else. What, are, what if I put in God's ability? What would that look like? You can't necessarily always guarantee that or plan for that. But how the supplies is in our life, and out of obedience, God leading us back to come out here, that we'd move all across the country, and we say, we trust you, God. We did this also because we made space for God's strength. So when we needed childcare, we trust God will provide, okay? When we needed this to work out situationally, God will provide, when we needed this insurance thing to work out in the right time, my wife was pregnant, you know, at the time that we moved, it worked out. We do things and give opportunity for the strength of God. We make some space for God's power to come in and help us. What if God didn't? Okay, he didn't. But if this is true, I don't want to live my life where I don't give him a chance. Maybe my, me and my wife need to make a faith promise of some sort to God. God, I want to give $1,000 to missions this year. God, could you do it? Make some space. Maybe you don't want that new job, and God's telling you, make some space. I can't do this job. I, 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 my resume doesn't even look right compared to this. It, it doesn't fit. Make some space. God may give you that job, and God may give you his power and ability to do it so great. Think about this, church. If this were true, if this were true, I would actually begin to seek some discipline on the inside. That it wouldn't just be about the routine of life and it wouldn't just be about what this world tells me to do. Go to college, get an education, get rich. Right? Or if you're single, oh, get married, you'll be happy, all those kind of things. 
I would rather add to the the to-do list for Nels is to seek some discipline on the inside, to, to, to maybe do some things that are taming to me, that would literally be me holding back my strength so that God could step in. I would add to my formation and my plan for life, not just saving for retirement, but I would add to that some practices that would create some inward discipline that maybe you would ever, never even see. Because I know that um, it's on the inside that God sees, that he sees the heart. And because I know this scripture, and I believe that it to be true, that it's not those that are very strong on the outside that inherit the earth. It's not those that are really rich on the outside that inherit the earth. That I know that God's ultimate power and strength doesn't come from when I don't leave any room for him and it's all on me and all on else. But when there's some room for God. And I want to make a little room for him. And I want to make a little room in my own heart. Nels needs some taming in some areas in his life. I just turned 35. I don't wear a modern fit. I wear a realistic fit. You know, people give me a modern fit shirt. I think you'd say I need to go on a diet. There's no way I fit that, right? Maybe I need some taming in how many ch- times I eat at Chick-fil-A. Maybe I do. And that's Okay. Maybe I need to get up a little bit earlier. That's okay. Maybe I need to work on some pride things that are going on. Maybe I need to work on some things that would create some discipline and some practices instead of just worrying about what everybody else sees. How much time do we spend on what everybody else can see versus only what God can see? God wants to do it in your life, right? All right, you can stand with me this morning. Uh, I'm going to read this quote. Um, and then... Uh, I'll have Nathaniel here if you guys want to close on a song here. So let me read this quote for you, and then we're going to sing it here just a little bit, and then I'm going to pray for you at the end. Foul, this is pretty powerful. A.W. Tozer. Um, love the stuff that guy writes. A.W. Tozer, he once wrote, he says this, The meek man is not a human mouse, afflicted with a sense of his own inferiority. Rather... He may be in his moral life as bold as a lion and as strong as Samson. But he has stopped being fooled about himself. He has accepted God's estimate of his own life. He knows he is as weak and helpless as God declared him to be. But paradoxically, he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of God of more importance than angels. In himself, nothing. In God, everything. That is his motto. In and of yourself, you may be nothing and the way the world judges you. Some of you may have family members that don't understand what in the world you do with your life or maybe even that you follow Christ or you waste your money or you waste your time or injure these foolish things you teach your kids. Why would you, why are you teach my, my grandson this, right? But you understand that in and of yourself, you're nothing. But in God's eyes, in his kingdom, where he's the boss and he's got control and rule, God says you're strong. Cheer up, church. I know in this world we're weak. I know in this world we're poor. I know in this world that it seems like it's not going to work out. Anybody with me? I want to tell you this morning, God bless you, meek man. God bless you, meek woman. God bless you, humble man. God bless you, humble woman. God bless you, someone who's 
uh, seemingly weak on the outside, but so strong on the inside. God bless you. You're blessed. It will work out in God's eyes. You will inherit the earth. There is some blessing for you that is even physical on this earth. And I would tell you, cheer up. God sees it. And God will bless you, church. God will bless you. Cheer up, person that is faithful and faithful and faithful and faithful, but it never works out on the outside. Come on, you've thought that. Cheer up, disappointed in God because he didn't do this or that for you. And yet you've been doing this and that for him. Come on, church. You've, you've thought that. You may not have said it because you're scared. But you've said it. You felt it. Cheer up because God's blessing is for you. And I want to tell you as your pastor, as your spiritual leader and influencer, and you'll hear this from me regularly, that I want you to grow on the inside. I want you to grow on the inside and be as God thinks is strength, not this world, not your paycheck, not your boss, not even your family members, not even your friends. I want you to be blessed of God and to inherit the earth.